You guys can grab a seat. Hey, thank you all for being here tonight. If this is your first time, hey, appreciate you joining us. Uh, my name is Jesse. I'm the college pastor here. Uh, you um, are with us for the first time, um, and hopefully you've um, enjoyed yourself, and, and I'd love to meet you afterwards. Please catch me. Uh, we can talk. Um, but if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 6. That's where we're going to be hanging out today, is in Ephesians chapter 6, as we continue in a series called Relationship University. So just to recap what we talked about two weeks ago, uh, it was really an overview of kind of what this series is going to be about. And so we spent some time talking about how we live in this context in college that is very unclear, especially when it comes to our relationships, right? And so we're not really certain how a lot of things work when it comes to how things used to function in high school or how they're supposed to be when we become an adult. And so we're kind of in this unclear area of our lives where we're trying to figure out how we correspond with other people, like our parents, our friends, people we date, and even ourselves. And so what we talked about is that in this series, we're going to spend some time talking about that context, helping you understand it, and then you can decide what time it is for you, what you're supposed to do based upon where God specifically has you in your life right now. That's what we talked about two weeks ago. And so tonight, as we continue, we're going to be talking about our relationship that we have with our parents. And what that looks like for you now that you're in college. And so we'll be in Ephesians chapter 6 as we do that today. So about a month ago, my youngest son Titus, he's almost a year now, got a really bad cough. And when I say bad cough, I mean like a horrible cough, like a barking cough. Like you could have thought that we had a sea lion living with us. Like that was the kind of level of coughing that he was doing. And one thing that they don't tell you when you become a parent, I'm just going to let you in on this because I wish I knew this, is that when you have a little kid and they're sick, you literally have no idea what's going on with them. I mean, you have no idea if this is the most serious disease in the world or whether or not this is something that's really simple. Because you, obviously they can't tell you, right? I mean, they're, they're not capable of doing that. And so you're just guessing, trying to figure out what it is, right? You're thinking, well, you know, this, this may be a head cold or based upon what I'm seeing on WebMD, maybe it's Ebola. Right? I'm, at this point, I'm just, I just don't really know. And so in the middle of us kind of playing this guessing game, trying to figure out should we take them to the doctor or should we not, uh, my wife had this good idea to get the humidifier and to put it in his room. And we actually, not trying to brag, have a pretty legit humidifier. And what I mean by that is Vicks is the one that makes it. And so what you can buy for this humidifier are these Vicks vapor pads. And it's these pads with the Vicks Vapor Rub on it, and you can put it in the humidifier. And so when it releases the air out into the room, all you get is the amazing scent of Vicks. It's, it's amazing. It really is amazing that we've progressed that far in our technological world. And so, and so we had this one, and so my wife was like, hey, why don't you go to the store and you buy some of these, and then we can put them in the humidifier, and then as our son is sleeping at night, then we'll be able to, you know, allow him to, to use that. And so as parents who are, are just guessing what in the world is wrong with our son, sounds like a responsible thing to do. And so we decided to go to Walmart, and, and I bought some of them. But what was interesting and unexpected, when I bought these vapor pads, there was this really serious warning on the back. Like a really serious warning that talked about the dangers of what would happen if this vapor pad came in contact with your skin. And one thing you got to know about me is I have the tendency to kind of overreact or over-exaggerate warnings that people give me. Um, they they kind of make me a little bit nervous. 
And so although the, the pad probably says something like, do not touch, if, comes, if it comes in contact with your skin, wash thoroughly or something, when I read it, because of who I am, what I see is do not touch, for on the day that you touch it, you shall surely die, right? <laughs> That's what I see. And so you can imagine all of a sudden me putting this vapor pad into this machine becomes this whole big ordeal, right? Because I came up with this good idea to like rip it and to like use the pad or use the wrapping to try to slide the pad in. So I'm like sitting there trying to slide to like this perfect slot. And so as I'm doing this, I'm just trying. And I'll be honest, it was a little reluctant and I looked a lot ridiculous. But as I finally got it in, it slid and I closed it and it worked great. So I walked away feeling very lucky that my life was spared, and I decided to just move on, right? So a few weeks later, I don't think about this. I kind of move on with my life. A few weeks later, I'm back in the room, and something not so good happens. So I'm hanging out, and my son, Ezra, who's three, he's my oldest son, he is in there with us, and I was probably changing Titus or something, and so we were hanging out in this room, and one thing you have to know about three-year-olds is that they love trying to do things on their own without their parents' help. Like, that's the biggest joy that a three-year-old has. Like, just the last couple of days, my son is finally able to go by himself and get water out of our fridge. Like, that's his big task that he can do. And, dude, this kid was drinking water this weekend like it was the fount of every blessing. I mean, that's, that's kind of like where they do it. Like, that's just how they roll. And so, and so we're sitting there, and my son is in this room, and he decides this is a perfect moment for him to do something that he has never done before. And so as I'm being, I guess, an absent parent because I'm not paying attention, he walks over to the humidifier, and he opens up the tiny door, and he grabs out the thing that shall not be named. <laughs> and he sits there with it. And as I'm walking, he's behind me, and all of a sudden I hear in this tiny three-year-old voice, Daddy what's this? And I turn around and I see him holding this. And I absolutely freak out. I mean, you could, you could have thought my son like pulled the handle over a grenade, right? I'm, I'm over here like, dude, drop that or you're going to die. Like, get out of here. Let's go. Like, I'm just like freaking out about what is happening to him. And so we like rush to the bathroom and I like turn on the water. I'm like washing his hands and I'm just, I'm just trying to get this toxic substance off of this kid. And as I'm doing this and I'm trying to get him cleaned, the entire time this is happening, my son is absolutely sobbing. And in the midst of me being ridiculous... <laughs> What I failed to realize is that my harsh words and my even harsher tone absolutely crushed my son. See, Ezra had no idea that he wasn't supposed to touch that, right? I never had this one-on-one -on -one conversation that told him about how important it was for him not to touch these vapor pads. And so he was going and he was finding something on his own and he was so proud to go to his dad and to show him what he had found. And so he had no idea why in the world I freaked out, and I got so mad at him. And so once the dust settled and I kind of came back down to reality, man, I felt like the worst dad in the world. Because I just blasted my son for something he, he had no idea what he was doing. And so even though you saw my heart, 
in what I did. You also saw my imperfections in how I did it, didn't you? And unfortunately, the emotions that my son experienced on that day because of my imperfections is something that we've all experienced in our lives before when it comes to our parents. Right? We all know what it's like to feel guilty because we get yelled at even though we didn't feel like we did anything wrong. Right? We know what it's like for our parents to overreact in a situation. And we're just really confused because we have really no idea how things didn't go the way we expected them to go. And we know what it's like to be upset because we thought our parents were going to be proud of us because of what we did, but instead they were disappointed. And so the way my son felt in that moment is the way that we've all felt in our lives before. And really what this story does is it highlights something that we all know to be true, and it's the idea that parents are not perfect. They overreact about something that's not a big deal. They say things to us that they shouldn't, right? And sometimes parents just handle situations poorly. I mean, we know from my story and we know from life experience that parents aren't perfect. Although they have good hearts, at times what they do isn't always the right decision. But see, even though we are aware that parents aren't perfect, we're also aware that Scripture tells us that we need to listen to them. That we need to do what they ask us to do, or to use the words of the Bible, that we need to obey them. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, when we look at verse 1, this is what Paul is telling the church at Ephesus. When he's in the middle of talking about this larger section on submission, Paul drops this point that all of us in this room have heard before, right? And this is what it is. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I mean, if you've grown up in church, you have heard this verse quoted or told to you who knows how many times, right? And when we look at it, this is a pretty clear verse, isn't it? And what I mean by that is Paul is not using complex language. I mean, what Paul is stating here is pretty simple and pretty basic. He's saying outside of your parents asking you to do something that goes against Scripture, children are called to obey their parents. They're called to listen to them. They're called to do what they're supposed to do. Or excuse me, they're called to do what they ask them to do. And he said this pleases God. And so there's nothing fancy here, right? There's nothing here that's complicated. Instead, what we see is that Paul's telling us something very simple and very basic. Right? And we get this. We get what Paul is telling us here, don't we? But if we're honest, there's also something about this verse that we don't quite get. Because even though we know that children are called to apply this verse to their lives, we also know that there's a time in our life that we stop being children. And there's a time in our life that we start to become adults. And we know when that happens, this verse doesn't apply to us the way that it used to. See, if tomorrow me and my son are hanging out before dinner, and I said to him, hey, son, don't eat that cookie. Because if you do, you'll ruin your dinner. Right? We'd all agree, based upon this verse, me saying that to my three-year-old son, he'd be wrong if he didn't listen to me. But if my dad came over to my house tomorrow... And he told me, his 30-year-old son, 
not to eat a cookie because it will ruin my dinner, then we would all agree it would be weird if I listened to him, right? And so we get this. We understand that there's a time in our life that there's a time that we cross a line where someone doesn't have to do what their parents ask them to do anymore. But see, what we don't get is when that is. What we don't understand is when does that take place? When do we cross that line? So that we're no longer under this category of children that Paul talks about in this verse. And so today, I want to spend some time talking about that and some things that are connected to that. But I'll be straight up with you. I'm not going to answer that question specifically. What I mean is I'm not going to tell you a specific date or a specific age or a certain time in your life that this verse doesn't apply to you. And that now you're trying to change and how it's seen. And the reason is because that's different for all of us in this room. How this verse applies to us is different for all of us in this room because all of us are in different situations in our lives. And so as I talked about before, my job is to give you the context. My job is to help you understand where you are so that you can figure out what time it is. But now that you're in college, you guys are all in this position where you can begin asking yourself the question, how does this verse apply to me? And so I hope as we talk about this, this is really practical and really basic and really clear. And it will help you figure out what time it is and how you can live within your context. And so the key to us unlocking how this text applies to you is found in us answering the question, when do we stop becoming children, right? That's what we want to know. When do we stop becoming children? And here's a good idea, I think, of how we can start to figure that out in our life. See, children are completely dependent upon their parents. I mean, for food, for clothing, for transportation, for whatever, my sons are completely dependent upon me. And so I think what we see is that there's this connection between dependency and authority when it comes to our parents. And so the more dependence or the more dependent we are upon them, the more authority they have in our life, or the more of the opportunity they have to be a coach in our life. That's a good way of looking at it. I mean, our parents in a lot of ways serve as coaches, right? They guide us, they help us, but at the end of the day, they make the final call. And so there seems to be this connection, right? And, and this makes sense if we really think about it. Because if I'm the one that bought the cookie, then I should have a right on when my son eats it, right? Or a more practical example for you. If you live with your parents, then it makes sense that they have a say in who comes over to their house. But what we see is that the less dependent we are on our parents, then the less of a coach's role they play in our lives. Right? And this also makes sense. Because if you live on your own, then it makes sense that you have the say in who comes over to your house. Or that you have the say when you eat the cookie or whatever, right? And so we see this connection here. That the less dependent we are upon our parents, the more authority that we have to make decisions in our life. Even if it goes against what our parents want. Or we have that freedom to make decisions in our life. And see, all of us are at different phases in this room, aren't we? At different points in our life when it comes to the dependency that we have upon our parents. And so for you, you have to figure out what time is it. Where are you when it comes to this road of being dependent and independent with your parents? As you kind of work your way down that road, where do you fall? 
But we see the less dependent we are upon our parents, the more authority that we have to make decisions in our life. But regardless of where you are on this road, which again is different for all of us, there is something that is the same when it comes to the tension that you experience with your parents in regards to what you want to do and what they want to do. That there's this tension in our lives that we experience in our parents is something because of what we go through in our life. Let me back up. What we experience in our lives with our parents, regardless of what age we are, the tension still is to be the same. That's what I'm trying to say. And here's what it is. The reason we experience fights and arguments and tension with our parents between what we want to do and what they want us to do is found in the fact that you value for your life something different than your parents value for your life. See, from experience, I can tell you what your parents value for your life is your safety and you have necessities. That's what your parents value for your life. Your parents want you to be safe. They want you to be safe physically and they want you to be safe emotionally. Your parents want to protect you from harm. But they also want to make sure that you have necessities in your life that are met. That you have a roof over your head, that you have food on the table, right? That you can pay your bills, right? That you have this sense of a good life that you can live. That's what they want for you. They want necessities and they want safety. That's what they want for you. But see, what you want from your parents, what you value, is that you value freedom and respect. You want to be able to make decisions. And when you make those decisions, you want your parents to support you. You want them to trust you. You don't want them to criticize you. You don't want them to belittle you. Instead, you want them to allow you to make decisions, and then you want them to support you when you do. And so you value safety, or excuse me, freedom, and you value respect. And so what happens is so often the fights and the tensions that we have with our parents on what we do is because we're valuing something different than they do. Because we want freedom, we want respect, and they want safety, and they want necessities. I mean, even looking at this story that I have with my son, you see this. Because as a three-year-old, the way that my son expresses freedom is by doing things on his own. So when he went in there and he took that vapor pad from that tiny little door, he was doing that as a way of expressing his freedom as an individual. But the problem came when his freedom took him to a place that I thought he was unsafe. And when I thought he was unsafe, I freaked out because safety collided with freedom. And if you think to your own life, so many times when you get into different discussions or arguments or fights with your parents, this is why. Right? Because you want to go to the concert in Atlanta, but they're not too sure about it because they're concerned about you driving home at 3 o'clock at night. Freedom, safety, colliding. Or maybe in your life you want to choose a different career path. But your parents, they seem to be a little bit hesitant about it. And you just want them to support you, but they're a little bit concerned that you can't pay the bills or you're not going to be able to find a good job if you go down that road. And so you want respect, but they want your necessities to be met. And so because of that, it collides. And so that's what happens when we look at our lives is we see that we value something different than our parents when it comes to our own life. And so because of that, what we see is our parents 
had their own goals for our lives. Our parents had their own goals for our lives that correspond with safety and necessities. And it collides for what we want, which is freedom and respect. And so what happens is when we feel like our freedom and our respect is starting to get fringed upon, right, then we kind of push back at it. And when our parents feel like that necessities and safety are being pushed against, then they start to push back against it, right? And so you see this constant battle going on in your life where you want something and they want something. You have certain values, they have certain values. You have certain goals for you, yourself, and they have certain goals for you. And so we try to use our authority in our life to try to push the other one down so that we can do what we want to do, and they do the same thing so that we will do what they want us to do. And so, so much of the tension, so much of the fighting, so much of the arguing with your parents about what they want you to do and what you want to do is linked back to that you guys value things that are different. And see, because our parents have different goals than we do, it is so easy to look at them as playing for the opposing team. Right? When it comes to life, it is so easy to feel like that we're playing against them. That we're just wanting to live life the way that we want to. And they're just wanting us to live life the way they want to. And so because of that, when we finally get to college and we finally find ourselves becoming less dependent upon our parents, we can find ourselves wanting to do things just to go against what they want us to do. We can find ourselves just wanting to ignore them and to do what we want to do as we finally get the freedom and finally get the opportunity to do what we've always wanted. Because for so much of our lives, we felt trapped. Or for so much of our lives, we felt disrespected. Because we haven't been able to live life the way we wanted to, but instead because they've had their own goals for us, we've been forced to live the life that they've wanted us to. And oftentimes in our life, we find ourselves wanting to step away from that and wanting to move away from that because of how much this tension and this fighting has caused us to be hurt. Because we see the imperfections in our parents so much more than we see their hearts. And so we have pain in our lives because of that. And we find ourselves hurting. We find ourselves being wounded from our parents because they've used words to hurt us. And so now whenever we talk to them, we're just reminded of the scars. We've seen our parents overreact to the point that it scared us. And so now we fear making any decision or doing anything because we don't want to see that happen again. And for some of us, the indifference that our parents have shown towards us has caused us so much pain as we wonder how much they even love us anymore. And so now as we have this freedom, now as we have this opportunity to make our own decisions, we can find ourselves just wanting to get away from them. Just wanting to live life the way we want to live life. And we can find ourselves just pushing them away because of all the pain and all the hurt and all the scars that we have because of how many times we valued something different and it blew up in our face. But before we make any decisions 
with this freedom that we have, we have to continue to read on what Paul is saying here. Because see, Paul isn't finished talking about this relationship between parents and their children. And there's something here that Paul wants us to know and something that we need to remember as we continue to walk through our life. So listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 2. He says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That you may go well with you, excuse me, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And so as Paul is writing at this church at Ephesus, he decides to turn the pages and to remind them of something in the Old Testament. To remind them of the fifth commandment that God gave his people at Mount Sinai. And what Paul is pointing out is when God gave the ten basic commands on how he wanted his people to live, he included honoring our father and mother in that list. He said, out of all the things that God could have said, out of all the different laws that God could have given his people to live in the promised land with this covenant with him, what he tells them is that he wants them to honor their father and mother. That's how important that is to God. And then Paul says this comes with a promise. This promise that it would go well with you as as they go to the promised land, that their days would be lengthened and that they would benefit from following after what God wants them to do here. And so what Paul is reminding his leaders is that the benefits that come from following this will be with us for our entire lives. And so I think what we see here is although there seems to be a period of time that the first verse applies to us, that doesn't seem to be the case with this one. This verse that Paul is giving us seems to be timeless. And so what that means is whether we're three or whether we're 30, we always want to honor our parents And even though we outgrow the first verse, we don't outgrow the second one. And so what this means is that as children of our parents, even when it's hard, and even though they've hurt us, we still choose to honor them. But we have to remember why we do this. Because we don't honor our parents because they're perfect. We honor our parents because God is. And he's the one who's asking us to do this. I mean, this perfect God is the one who is wanting us to honor our father and mother. And so what we have to do is we have to trust that there's a reason and that there's a purpose behind God, why God wants us to do this. And here's one of the reasons why I think God wants us to do this with our parents. God wants to teach us to treat them the way that God has treated us. God wants us to teach, God wants to teach us to show our parents, to treat our parents the way that God has chosen to treat us. Because when we weren't perfect, God pursued us anyways. And he was willing to go on a cross and die 
so that he could know us, so that he could forgive us, and so that he could have a personal relationship with us. And even though now we are far from perfect, even when we stumble, he still forgives us. Even when we fall into sin, he continues to love us and continues to show us his grace. And regardless of what we do in our lives, if we have a relationship with him, he will never break it. And God doesn't do this because we deserve it. He does it because he loves us. And so what we have to remember is that we choose to honor our parents not because they deserve it. We choose to honor our parents because God has loved us. And we have this amazing opportunity to reflect him in this relationship with our parents. And so that's what we do. We honor our parents because ultimately when we honor them, we're honoring God. So let me just give you one practical way that we can honor our parents. There's a lot of them, but one practical way that we can honor our parents that's connected to what we're talking about tonight. And the way that we do that is even when we get to the point that we can make our own decisions in our life, we always choose to consider our parents' counsel. We always choose to listen to what they have to say. And so look at it as your parents playing a role like a board of directors in your life. That when you go through a big decision, you're, you're asking what they think. You're hearing what their opinion is. You're getting their input on a situation before you choose to make a decision. And so what this means is even though you have the freedom to make decisions, you use that freedom to always value what your parents have to say. And you allow them to come into your life and to speak into it. That's one way we can honor our parents is by always considering their counsel. And what you're going to realize when you do this is you're going to realize that your parents aren't playing against you. But instead, they're playing for you. That they're not on the opposing team, but instead they love you. And just because they have different goals than you do doesn't mean that's necessarily a bad thing. Because again, they're looking at things from a different perspective. They're seeing things the way that you're not. And so allow them to speak into your life. Consider what they have to say. And realize even when they get to the point that your parents aren't coaches to you anymore, that doesn't mean that they're not in your team. It just means that they've changed positions or changed roles in your life. And so what we need to remember is that parents start as coaches, but they should end as teammates. Because again, they're always playing a role in your life. They want what's best for you. They care about you. And so always allow your parents to be in your team. Don't shut them out. Don't ignore them. Don't push them away. Instead, honor them by always considering their counsel. Always hearing what they have to say. Always taking their input. Always valuing their opinion. And then from there, you make the decision on what you want to do when you get to that point in your life. That's what we need to do. We need to honor our parents by valuing what they have to say. And so as we wrap up today, this is the challenge that I have for you. Here's my challenge as we walk out of this room. My challenge for you is to honor your parents and do that by honoring God. Honor your parents so you can honor God. 
Because as we talked about before, God's the one that gave us this commandment. God's the one who wants us to do this. And so always consider your parents' counsel to honor God. Always allow your parents to be on your team to honor God. Because that's what we want to do with our lives. Every decision that we make, everything that we do, ultimately we want to make the decision that God wants us to make. And so don't let hurt or anger towards your parents keep you from making a decision that God wants you to make. Instead, consider their counsel, choose to honor God, and do what God is calling you to do. But let's honor God by honoring our parents. And so we're about to sing a throwback song, a throwback song that talks about the idea of our desire to honor God. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about how you can honor your parents in your life. What first step do you need to take to start honoring your parents? For some of you, maybe you need to forgive your parents because of all the pain that they've done in your life. Before they can be on your team, you first have to forgive them. And for some of you, maybe you need to ask your parents for forgiveness. And for others of you, maybe you just need to think through, how can I begin listening to my parents as they speak into my life? But that's my challenge for us today. So as we sing this song, I want you to reflect on that. I want you to think on that. On how you can honor God by honoring your parents. Realizing that even when they stop being coaches, that doesn't mean they're not on your team. So let's do that together. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together and to talk about the role that parents play in our life. And God, thank you that ultimately we see that when we honor them, we're really honoring you. A God who loved us enough to die for us. A God who went to a cross so that we could know him and love him. And a God who is perfect. So when he asks us to do something, we always know that it's good. So as we sing this song together, God, as we talk about our deep desire to honor you, that we think about the relationships we have with our parents and how in this unclear context in college, we can choose to honor them regardless of where we are. And through that, God, we can make much of you. And so I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.